0: <laughs>
1: that
0: refreshing sound. That
1: strange haze
0: IPAs. The little V8 juices that I bring to work like crack very loud, almost like a beer. Like it's oddly loud. Yeah. Opening them. So and I bring one usually like every day with my lunch. So every time I open one, one of the girls I work with is like, Yeah, <laughs> <laughs>
1: party and agua. Mm -hmm. Welcome to the Nightmare Box presented Mistakes Were Made My name is Brett Bloom and I'm sitting across in the beautiful, the effervescent, the badass bitch Back in the gym with your boy, Kristen Bloom How's it feel? I'm back, baby (laughs) We've awoken the
0: demons (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, uh, Brett went so hard on his first day back he came home and threw up
1: All over the place (laughs) Almost threw up at the gym, definitely threw up the second I got home God damn it, I'm happy about it though
0: (laughs) (laughs) Do you feel like it's, uh, which I mean, I know you haven't done like a ton of leg days yet, but do you feel like it's actually going to like help with like the soreness and yeah. stuff? Yeah.
1: Well, that's the the ultimate. There were two things kind of going into it because I've been talking about wanting to go back for a year, but COVID situation and then my own laziness.
0: And also you don't like my gym.
1: And yeah, there was that. <laughs> um, so we went to do the 4th of July party thing. And I saw a picture of myself after the 4th of July, woke up on the 5th of July, and on the 4th of July, I tried on new pants that I bought, and my pants don't fit, so I've gone up another pant size. (laughs) Uh, So on the 5th of July, I woke up, saw this picture, and uh, rolled over in bed and said, we're going to the gym today. (laughs) And I went the fuck off in the gym after almost two years off lifting, and promptly Puked everywhere. It was Aww. pretty gross. <laughs> but then I went back the next day and the next day, and I went today. I'm back, bitches.
0: You were real sore after that first day, though. You couldn't even pick up the bottle of wine. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, by the end of the fucking week, I couldn't take my shirt off because <laughs> I couldn't get my arms over my head.
0: You always hate that on days where I've had a particularly rough upper body day, and then you have to go shower, and it's like, I can't yep. reach. to
1: get the soap. Um, but the second reason was... Um, I've been dealing with sciatica now for probably a year and some months, and uh, I'm hoping that if I can slowly build the strength back up into my legs, not to get anywhere near where I was when I was like 22 or 23, because that was a monstrosity of a human being (laughs) using the gym to survive and lifting insane amounts of weight. But if I can get a little bit of weight back in the legs, I'm hoping that that'll kind of, uh, as well as the weight loss, help with the sciatica a bit. So, are you? so I'm pretty pumped about it. You
0: enjoying
1: it though? Enjoying yeah. being back? Yeah. I've said this to a couple of people like in the past week or so, but I've quit working out twice, and so I've had to, or I've I've had to make like three comebacks to lifting. Oddly enough, like um, I started in high school, but oddly enough, when I joined the Air Force and got to my first duty station, I wasn't doing any of my own independent lifting. I was just doing the workouts with the guys. <laughs> And then, uh, through a series of legal mishaps and therapy sessions, I was made to stop drinking for three months while I was at Yakota and was going like two times a day, five, six times a week, going the fuck off, doing perimeter base runs with one of those weird little oxygen mask things. And I kept working out when I got out of the Air Force um, and then quit again, I think, when I went back to school because I couldn't find the time. time. Yeah.
0: You and I kept trying to start back up and it just never really worked.
1: Yeah. And then I was back again. And it felt awesome. And then I fell off when we moved up here because so there was no golds up here for me to just walk into and change my paperwork. So I've been gone for two years and I'm back at it again. And every time I do the comeback, I feel so much better like mentally, just clearer, I'm less angry, I'm less anxious, I'm less annoyed with my day to day life because I've got my 45 minutes to an hour of fuck it, let's break everything. And it's like I get to go have my temper tantrum <laughs> a few times a week. And really just burn that shit out
0: today was kind of funny because uh we've gone together physically at the same time like twice now but the first time we did it mm-hmm. i was doing like the little dumbbell weights and you were over like in doing the, my back stuff yeah yeah uh so we weren't in the same area and i was just going kind go of like, oh, hey, press over there and then today um i had some dumbbell stuff but a lot of it was like on the I don't know what those machines are called they're like X somethings the weird
1: yeah the big cable set yeah the that weird like 10 cable machines things.
0: that have like four sides mm-hmm. to them um but anyway yeah you and I both had to do stuff over there today. <laughs> and I was like, I'm not going to talk to him. I'm going to ignore him. I'm going to treat him like he's another person at the gym working out.
1: Yeah, you walked right past me. And I was like, hey, sweetheart. And then I felt like the creep, like nobody else knows that we're married. Because I wore my wedding ring to the gym. Kristen does not wear her wedding ring well, to the gym. So I'm basically looking like a married dude just hitting on a complete passerby. <laughs> she's walking past me.
0: Oh, okay. That's out of context. I don't wear mine. Yours is made out of titanium, which <laughs> no, I have. You
1: know what's out of context is <laughs> me going... What up, beautiful? In a gym where nobody knows who the fuck I am and nobody knows who the fuck you are, but one of us is Whatever, wearing a I'm wedding ring.
0: <laughs> no, which I mean, I probably, to be honest, wouldn't wear your ring either. Um, and, and I might get one of those rubber rings. I just can't find one that I like. So, if anybody's listening and you work out and you have found like rubber bands that you can wear to the gym that are actually cute, because they're all either like really guyish or like mm-hmm. the girly ones are so flimsy, I'm like, this is gonna snap. Yeah. So I need just like a cute one that I can wear. But anyway, um, yours is made out of titanium. Mine is made out of wood in the (laughs) outer layer because mine's got like little like flecks of gold and like plants and stuff inlaid in the center of it the outer layer of mine is literally made of resin. <laughs> so if I tried to wear my ring to the gym, I would ruin it the yeah. first day.
1: <laughs> so, no, I'm not, I'm not saying that you should wear your wear wedding ring. I'm, I'm just, just saying, saying it, wear it. it was weird for me to be like catcalling my own wife.
0: Well, no. Like, I know how Seriously, you <laughs> take it. And like, I've asked you like multiple times over like the past several years to like actually work out with me like Mm -hmm. go together and work out together and every time you're like no i'm not gonna do that
1: yeah (laughs) i I still don't want to do that but i would like to be acknowledged (laughs) you're like i'm just gonna walk past you like (laughs) you're just some other random swinging (laughs) (laughs) dick
0: oh no i was like okay like he it's like his time he takes it seriously i don't want him to feel like i'm purposely hovering near Mm -hmm. him i was like this is just the workout i'm doing right now so it's like i'm just gonna like pretend like we're just two different people here working out, and yeah. Then you said something to me, and I like kind of glanced back at you, and you were like making a face and putting your headphones back, and I was like, oh, I guess because I had my music up so loud, I didn't hear you, and I was like, oh, I guess you said something. My bad. And then I felt like a jerk. You, know,
1: you i was, said, like, you said feel like a jerk.
0: I was trying not to. Your obese,
1: your obese husband is over here, <laughs> oh, <that's not laughs> trying true. to get the work in. I can't even get my own wife's support.
0: Oh, that's not true. <clears throat>
1: But I'm happy that I'm back because, like, I just mentioned the clarity and shit like that. But as far as, like, the writing goes, it really does help me out because I can get to, like, the zoned out spot where, like, yeah, I'm listening to a podcast. Um, So I'm trying to take in that information. But about halfway through, you know, any particular set, it's like I can't focus exactly on what's going on in my headphones. I have to hit that weird dead space.
0: Oh yeah. I, I play generic rap. Like I literally yeah. find a playlist on Spotify and play generic rap music that I would never normally listen to. Mm-hmm. And like I don't even listen to the words most of the time. I'm just listening to the beat of it. Yeah,
1: and going after it. And that's where I'm going to eventually get back to. But I'm not going to put on DMX's It's Dark and Hell is Hot until I'm past my lactic stage <laughs> where I can actually move around a bit more throw some shit but it, it helps me get in that dead space into that writing place as well so like i've been working on this memoir thing very slowly over the past long while and um i've had a lot more ideas in the gym you know just in the past two weeks than i've had in any one given period of time uh, over the last couple of months so that was nice. pretty cool because the working out, as you and I were talking about the other night, the working out kind of brings me back to the garage when I was a teenager and I had my weightlifting set, my punching bag, and my speed bag, and just kind of reigniting whatever it was that we wanted to write back then, but kind of pulls that anger back into it. If that makes any sense?
0: Mm-hmm. I think, I don't know, I, I, which we're not really living where we're at, I think, in the position to really find like a perfect harmony, but I think because, like, Joe Rogan talks about, like, eating healthy and working out and all this bullshit, and he sounds, like, kind of (laughs) preachy about it sometimes, but he's, like, how, like, more centered your life is, and, like, I feel that, like, since I've started weightlifting and stuff, like, I still have, like, days that just suck or, like, weeks that, like, kind of beat me up a bit, but, like, I feel like in general, um, you do kind of feel a bit more centered, and I think if Mm -hmm. we had, like, a, a space that was a bit bigger and a bit more organized, like all aspects of our lives would feel a bit more harmonious (laughs) yeah (laughs) it'd be easier to like write or like focus mm
1: -hmm. no i know like when i was a a kid the the garage was a two-car garage and it was mostly like my dad's workstation so we had a big bench out there for woodworking and shit like that for auto mechanics and um of course my parents split up when i was like 15 so he was no longer using the space you know (laughs) but all the space was filled up and so I got like a 150 pound heavy bag and put it in the ceiling and I had a cheap bench press set that I got from like a second hand
0: I can't tell you how many times I've looked at equipment like while I was at the store and been like I could find somewhere to squeeze that in our apartment (laughs) (laughs) exactly
1: and I had a speed bag and I would have my notebook out for writing and I would do Like rounds of lifting and then I would do a couple rounds of boxing and I'd hit the speed bag on my rest cycle from the boxing and then I'd have to come down for like 15 minutes and any thoughts that I had in those like explosive like the boxing round type things I would jot down on my pad and then my bell would go off and I'd have to put my gloves back on and go hit the bag some more. Um, but I would light the fucking whole house up because I put it on a support beam. So like it was a beam that like basically ran the length of the goddamn house. So my mom would be on the opposite end of the house. Why I would did you be. put it on
0: the support beam.
1: <clears throat> Dad hung it up. I think he did it to piss mom off. And so I'm just hammering this fucking heavy bag. And it's just rocketing the whole fucking house. So like my mom would take that time to go upstairs and she had a treadmill right above the garage. And I would hear mom zzz, 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 on the little treadmill thing. And I'm just down. In the garage, pow, pow, pow. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. But it brings me back to like that kind of a place in my head, which is where um, maybe not the most talented version of my writing, but the most creative version because you're just getting blasted with fucking concepts You know, all Mm -hmm. the time, everything's new, so you're just learning to develop your style. And it's interesting to, like, go back into that headspace.
0: Do you think creatively that was, like... I mean, obviously not as disciplined as you are now, but do you think creatively, because you were younger and you had more free time to, like, do the stuff that you wanted to do, like working out and, like, Mm -hmm. setting aside time for writing and stuff, that that was, like, a more like focused period for you or
1: i mean i was going to school and i had a job so like i I, it was an hour a night it wasn't anything I, i wasn't spending like six hours out in the garage unless it was the weekend i think what really did it was i had a fascination with like graffiti art and i would get these big cardboard pieces and i would spray paint them in the same garage but it would get too hot so i'd leave the garage door closed and then I would work out and spray and paint fumes, and, and that's probably and help, why the yeah. notebooks got filled up so fast. Yeah, and why I'm thing. so smart today.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's not good for you. <laughs> now, I am really excited to, um, I guess, kind of get to that stage, because I do feel like the working out and like we've been doing, which I, I know... You don't love the process of cooking them, but we've been doing the HelloFresh again lately. You Um, keep
1: telling me that I don't enjoy them. So bored
0: every time you read the card. You're like, I guess I'll stand here. Guess I'm gonna until you get out of the shower.
1: They're delicious, but I can do them in 15 minutes. Like I'm I'm used to cooking every night, and it's like a 30 minute process. And I'm I'm not doing anything crazy most nights, but I can do some crazy shit. But like I'll do like a, a nice 30 minute cook. I'm moving for 30 minutes for the most part, even if I'm just fucking flipping a hamburger every five. You know
0: but the hello fresh you ones you can taste like, while you eat. <laughs> it's
1: like okay well i zested and quartered that lemon so <laughs> but
0: no like i i mean and i'm sure we won't do them forever i just kind of wanted like a change of pace and some new recipes and mm-hmm. stuff but like i do feel like since we've been doing them like i just feel better yeah because like the food is like very specific portion sizes so you can't overeat mm-hmm. um
1: but it and is it's filling with the exception of the philly cheese steak oh my god did. it's filling without like knocking you on your that ass that
0: one was outrageous yeah
1: we did the philly cheese steak homemade philly cheese steaks <laughs> Finish it. and we were both just sitting there fucking bloated and dead to the world <laughs> i want to get drunk but i can't fit anymore anything into my belly
0: yeah that one was outrageous it was so tasty <laughs> definitely gonna make that one ourselves um, but no, like, it's like, I feel like kind of healthier foods and stuff. And I've just felt, I mean, I, I need to stop drinking so much. I might be an alcoholic. If um, you're an alcoholic, I am You're fucked. a raging alcoholic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: If, I drink every night and I do drink too much. But if we're going to classify Kristen having two or three glasses of wine and then falling off the couch, we have to realign. I don't fall off the whole, couch. <laughs> not literally, but... <laughs> You get fucked up on like three glasses of wine. If I'm drinking like twelve beers, <laughs> yeah.
0: But we don't buy like the wine that I used to drink. Like I used to drink like the super sugary wines, yeah. and um, you don't like those kinds. So we do like the heavier wines, and I, have... I think those have more alcohol in them.
1: Your sugary ones?
0: No the 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 Marwellers? drier ones. Yeah, yeah they probably just have more alcohol in them. Yeah, so. that's
1: why they don't need all the sugar.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but no, like I felt generally speaking, like better like this last week was like super rough and this last week was not fun but like generally i felt like more calm mm-hmm. and more peace and more zen fuck yeah <laughs> so it's been good
1: does your working out affect your uh, directorial stuff like do you think about film at all while you're doing that or do you just trying to hit that dead space in your mind
0: yeah um i've never intentionally tried to think about it so i don't know if I like purposely tried mm-hmm. to think about it. Like if
1: you had an ongoing project. Yeah, that was
0: like project. causing me some problems. Um, no, for me, honestly, my my creative space when I'm just kind of like relaxing mm-hmm. and thoughts kind of come to me is weirdly the shower, always. Um, yeah, you I have think- a lot of shower ideas. <laughs> Kristen has
1: come running out of the shower half naked before.
0: <laughs> I have an idea. I've got it. Yeah, no, I don't know, because like I think there's something very meditative for me about like the sound of the water and mm. like being in this like warm space and just being. Yeah. So like for me the shower is my like creative space unintentionally. <laughs> I don't purposely sit there and go have a thought. No, it's but just meditative. Yeah. yeah. Um but no, for me the gym is uh... I think for me the gym has always been a bit more of a purging. Mm-hmm. And uh trying to intake, like, it's like, oh, like I had a rough week or I had a rough day or I've got thoughts that are rattling around in my head that I don't want there. Mm-hmm. So for me, um, especially whenever I used to do cardio, like whenever I used to run and stuff that was really like
1: cathartic. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, and the weightlifting is a bit more, I kind of want to die while I'm doing <laughs> it, <laughs> but yeah, I think, I think for me it's more of a purging mm-hmm. the toxic things that are in my life
1: i I guess yeah i think it's similar i just think like in that that rage is like i I find like a real calm and i don't know why i keep using i love lifting weights i'm not angry at the weights, (laughs) but like i i think about all the things that piss me off while i lift the weights and it makes me better at it um But yeah, that purging sensation, I just, I feel like I get tiny insights. It's not like I'm writing a whole book inside my head while I'm lifting, but sometimes I'll put it down and take a really deep breath and try to catch everything back in again. And you'll get like a little whisper, (laughs) you know, like a little glimpse and like, not like a hallucinatory glimpse, but a a story for me. Yeah.
0: I'll just be sitting there and then all of a sudden it'll be like, there it is. (laughs) There you are. Don't forget that.
1: I see you. <laughs> but now I'm enjoying it. I'm happy to be back in it. I don't have any plans on stopping it. I'm really hoping that it helps out my hip, it gets rid of my boulder belly. My, my boulder belly's <laughs> hanging in there. You don't have a boulder belly. I do.
0: You cook too much.
1: I <laughs> I cook too much. I cook too little. <laughs>
0: this bitch. Do you do anything right? No. no I no. So... I literally don't. <laughs> <You're not. laughs> That's me. Don't do that. That's not true
1: but uh you pu- you're you're working on your your letter of interest over at the university?
0: Uh yeah, I've been working on that for like a couple of months now. I finally <laughs> managed to write two whole pages. Fuck, yeah. <laughs> Got
1: to act like a teenager?
0: Yeah, I just I don't I don't know. I don't mind research papers. I mean, I didn't really enjoy Even in school, like, being given a topic and being told Mm -hmm. you have to write about this topic or whatever. But I feel like with research papers, you can kind of take in knowledge and then just kind of, I guess, reorganize your thoughts with the stuff that you've learned. And kind of just, like, talk about what you've learned. And I don't like writing stuff about myself. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's really uncomfortable. And. Like, this whole time, I, I keep putting it off. Like, I haven't literally been working on it for a couple of months. I started it, like, a month ago, I think. And then kept telling myself I was going to add to it. And then, like, I'd wait a couple of weeks and try to add some stuff to it, wait a couple of weeks. And then this morning, I was trying, like, I've got to finish it. <laughs> but, um, no, I feel like it's a weird, and I don't, like, cover letters either for the same reason. I feel like it's a weird game of trying to sound impressive without sounding pretentious. Yeah and it's real hard to find that fine line. <laughs> so like yeah, I had to like go back and like pull out some of the fancy adjectives I'd used and reword some of it today cuz I was like I sound pretentious.
1: Yeah, well then you were concerned that because your lack of contractions that you were coming off as even more you're like I wouldn't
0: it's a silly I role. wouldn't say
1: I've. And I was like, well, you just used wouldn't.
0: Well, no. I, <coughs> no, I said
1: I would have would have used I've. I don't remember. I I. I
0: did say wouldn't. I said I wouldn't talk like that. Um, Because we were talking about like literally spacing everything out. And then I was like, I feel like I'd say I've. And then I was like, wait, would I say
1: I've? (laughs) I do
0: say wouldn't. (laughs) And now now, I don't say the word y'all. Y'all of. No.
1: Y'all should have. I don't say y'all at all.
0: Um, But yeah, then after that discussion, I felt weirdly like I was... Uh, speaking with a really southern dialect. I was what, like, do people say wouldn't?
1: Yeah, people do say wouldn't.
0: Do you say
1: would I, I, I'm sure I do.
0: <laughs> I just said
1: I'm, so I'm big into contractions. Oh, see? Yeah, I I am. I am big into contractions. <laughs>
0: see, that sounds dumb. It sounds stupid. Yeah. It's a
1: huge frustration that I have with, um, like, that kind of writing where you're trying to be hyper professional because most of my writing is on the creative side of things where we're told that you can break certain rules if it helps the sentence flow better so i'm not going to say i would have not have or some shit like that you know if i could say like i would have gone that direction instead of that direction if that plays better than i would have gone to the left and opposed to the right there's a way you can work the sentence around the contraction but if you're having to like fuck up the sentence to make the lack of a contraction work then you don't need that sentence
0: i just feel like it reads like you know like when you have siri or like some kind of computer program read shit back to you i feel like that's what it sounds like in my mind i am applying to your school for yeah. da, da, da da
1: and the reason it feels that way is because it's not in your natural voice mm-hmm. like even if you're writing a an email and don't i hate the emails that have like the literal you Instead of you, like, I I like my, my oh, yeah, words to be annoying. real.
0: Yeah. I don't, I don't yeah. abbreviate like that. But most
1: people will write a, a casual email in their own voice. Like, when you're talking to your friends on Facebook, they text like they talk, you know. Mm. They're, they're not trying to dress it up. They're not trying to dress it down. There might be a contraction here. There might be an expanded phrase here might end in a prepositional you know if you're me you drop periods in weird places and the fucking dashes bitch Um, (laughs) but if you it it, it feels disingenuous because it is I guess is what I'm trying to say but people that are in hiring positions um, sometimes they're looking for well that's not textbook accurate you know like that's not perfect English Mm. Um, but they aren't writers yeah (laughs) Yeah, they aren't writers. It's like you shouldn't use adverbs. You know, as, uh, Stephen King's big claim to fame, the fucking road to hell is paved with adverbs. But if the adverb works, use the adverb. There are some things that are just universal that you can do that for. I am gladly reaching out to you. You know, I don't need to tell the HR lady. I am groveling at your feet. I am so happy or some shit. <laughs> yeah,
0: and I'm guilty, which I do it in my school papers too. I'm guilty of. Um, I don't. I'm not like one of those people that'll type a word and then like search for synony- synonyms so yeah. I can use like Hop a thesaurus. The and- yeah, I don't do that shit. Like, I will purposely pick words that I know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that sound more impressive that I would never personally use while just talking. Yeah, and I, I took it out because I was like, it was bothering me so much. I used the word ardent, uh, in
1: yeah. You see, you just <laughs> dropped ardent on me without any context, and I'm not sure I know ardent.
0: <laughs> so um, is
1: it like I'm an ardent defender of yeah? Blah, so blah, like
0: blah? the. Word that I used was ardent fascination, so it's like, you know, like heightened, like excitement or yeah. whatever, like, you know, stuff like that. And, like, I ended up swapping it out for intense, because mm-hmm. I was just like, it's a fancy word, but I sound like I'm trying to sound yeah. fancy. You're a
1: thesaurus writer, which bugs which, the shit well, out of me. <laughs> which,
0: well, like I said, though, I'm not, you're not though. You're not. Yeah. Like, I don't purposely search synonyms but in my brain i'll go like what's the better word that i know for this yeah. because nobody wants to go very
1: yeah well i don't know very
0: what... fascinated
1: I, I, the the mark twain quote and i'm gonna fuck it up it's like the difference between the lightning and the lightning bug is the something you <laughs> know it's that quote uh you don't know all right let me pull that up because i think <laughs> that's the one that i want to use
0: pull that shit up bro but yeah, no, I ended up taking it out because like it was the second sentence I think in my letter, and I was just like, God, like I sound like such an asshole. <laughs> I sound like I'm over here sipping champagne with my pinky out while typing up my letter. Like, it just I don't know, like I don't want to sound like a dick in my application. Yeah, I
1: said it backwards. The difference between the right word and the almost right word is the difference between lightning and a lightning bug. It's Mark Twain. So that, that's kind of what I was before i derailed it by having to look it up because i only remembered the fucking end of the sentence (laughs) but i I think if would have works then don't use would have or if ardent works don't use intense but if intense is the better word and it works better in the sentence and ardent makes you look like a dickhead don't use ardent
0: (laughs) yeah i took it out
1: yeah there there were so many
0: instances like that where i was like that's no like that's not an adjective i would use
1: (laughs) there were so many like papers and essays and books and shit that I had to (laughs) that's my my smart guy talk I'm a college graduate books and shit Um, that were written by professors Um, and they would drive me fucking crazy because it was just a bunch of you know older dickheads trying to prove how smart they were like I know the word and you have to go look up the word now and it's like if you have to go look up the word then it's not a good sentence like Mm -hmm. if you're going to drop some crazy shit on me in the middle of the sentence and I can't context like I I can't use the sentence structure like the fucking words around the word to figure out what that thing means without having to go dive onto the internet like what the fuck is he talking then you failed (laughs) you you have failed (laughs)
0: unless maybe you're writing a character and that's how your character is exactly
1: but if you are that character you're writing that paper, you're a douchebag and you should have been fucking taken out <laughs> in the second rewrite. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah. And I guess maybe because 'cause I'm not a creative writer. I guess maybe that's part of the reason like I do that. Like I had to write like essays and stuff in school. Like i'm on does. your side no i know i
1: coming across that way. No. no you're, right. you're a
0: horrible person. All right. <laughs> no, because, um, you know, I had to write, like, essays and stuff in high school, and, like, I had to do, like, a big research paper my final year, and, um, I don't know. I guess, because I'm not saying I could never, ever be a writer. Like, maybe if I had been more serious about it and actually tried to get better mm-hmm. at it, I could have been a writer, but, like, I gave up at, like, 11. You're not a bad writer. I'm <laughs> um, no, right? You Not write really writer. well, but um, I think because uh, like I value education and like mm-hmm. I value um, learning and knowledge and that kind of shit. Yeah. <laughs> That's my college education: books and essays and, <laughs> and shit. shit like that. <laughs> um, yeah, like I then fall back on that. Like, I, like I said, I don't literally look up adjectives, but I'll be like, I know because like I've read a lot and like yeah. School was important to me. You know, smart me. people words. Yeah, school was important to me, so I took it seriously. So mm-hmm. it's like I know there are a lot of words rattling around up there that I know sound impressive, but like I said, I wouldn't use them when talking. Yeah. Well, when you, so when I'm writing, I'm just like, ooh, that's a good one. Yeah.
1: When you use smart fuck words like that, though, and there are the right situations for it, you know, you have to know who your audience is, and if your audience is smart fuck people and you're trying to impress smart fuck people, you use all the smart fuck words. Exactly. <laughs> um, uh, but uh, – if you mess it up, then it's kind of like dropping an acronym in the middle of a sentence that nobody knows what the acronym is. Like if I was talking to my Air Force buddies and we just started speaking gibberish to any civilian, <laughs> like they'd be stuck. They'd be like, "Well, I don't know, you know, what the ASVAB is at the most basic fucking level." And it's like, "Okay, well, the ASVAB is this," whereas I could just drop ASVAB in a fucking sentence and I'm good. You know, it's a test you take to get into the military. You know? <laughs> It was the worst example. I didn't have a lot of great examples. Mike, Mike on the mic. You know? Oscar, Mike. Oscar Mike on the mic. <laughs>
0: yeah, no, it makes sense. And I mean, that's part of the reason because, like, I was making fun of myself at work about it too. I was like, I, I just sound like a douche, and I was like, I know this needs to be reworked, and that was probably the reason I asked you if you would read it because it was like, I don't, I don't want to turn it in and sound like it's a basic ass paper I like chucked mm-hmm. out in an hour and I didn't care about, but I also don't want to sound like I'm trying yeah, to sound it has to come a off way. Yeah,
1: it has to come off great the way like a basketball player makes it look easy you know <laughs> <laughs> no, I
0: want it to be sincere
1: yeah it needs to be
0: yeah I just, I just want my fucking acceptance letter. Can we just skip this entirely. Just give me my acceptance letter. That's what
1: I was saying. Why do I need to write a letter of intent? <laughs> my intent is the sixty dollar application I just turned in. Like, <laughs> I, well, I obviously makes, intend to be here. Let me do that. <laughs> I
0: think it makes sense for the master's program because I think they're a bit more structured to what you actually want to study. Like, that I don't makes think yeah. I don't think technically there is an actual laid out course load for mm-hmm. my master's. I think they're like what do you want to study and then they're like let's do this
1: that makes more sense when I hear letter of intent I hear you know beg to me that you want to be in this program <laughs> I, I don't it's... hear like well this is what I would like to study this mm-hmm. is what I would like to do with my degree post-graduation
0: I think that's how they mean it like your intentions for your program like what do you intend they should call to it though
1: what up with you what,
0: yeah. <laughs> what up with you
1: <laughs> what to do what I want to do though <laughs> <laughs> it's intent, it's the wrong word.
0: You, you can make that suggestion.
1: So like, what what is oh, no, the, it's,
0: it's the age-old question. What are your intentions with my daughter? I, I, what are your intentions with my master program? To
1: fuck it up. <laughs> 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 to both to answer both questions. <laughs>
0: But you've been reading a new
1: book. I have. It's not a new book. It's about fifty years old. <laughs> it's a little behind the times. Mm-hmm.
0: Whatever. Um, I got you an older book, and you still haven't read it.
1: I'm, um, it's on my list. You're a butt. I just don't, it's a first edition. Like I don't want to. Like, I have. That's. I have problems with, <laughs> with, with expensive books leaving the house. So I can just throw <laughs> random ones in my fucking bag, but. Um, well, that one's
0: also a little aged. You might want to be a little more careful with exactly, it. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Little, a little more delicate.
1: Um, but I started, finally, because I've been wanting to read it since high school. I'm happy I didn't, because, Jesus, I would never would have been able to follow it. But uh, Don's Macabre by Stephen King, which was like his earlier, um, he declares it up front is not a memoir his memoir comes later with on writing which if you have not read it uh, but I don't know what the fuck you're doing with your life right now it's incredible I've read it like five times I've loved it every time um, but Dons Macabre is
0: what does Dons mean?
1: Uh, Dance of the Dead okay. I think is what Don's macabre. Okay,
0: because I was like, I I know what macabre is, but
1: yeah, or Don's macabre. I don't know if I'm even saying the title of the book right. Um, I think
0: it is macabre.
1: (laughs) I think it's Don's macabre. I've been calling it Don's macabre since I was like twelve, so
0: (laughs) it is now. Exactly. Um, Sorry if you disagree, King. That's your problem.
1: (laughs) But I'm only like thirty or forty pages in, and it's like a four or five hundred page book, and it's. A dissertation, more or less. It's his first attempt at nonfiction. It's
0: quite a bit thicker than on writing. Yeah, and the, and
1: the fucking font is really small, uh, so it's like I'm reading it all over again. He but,
0: typically go for small font, though. Yeah, yeah,
1: he writes a lot. And this is back, if I remember correctly, in Cocaine Stephen King days. So, like, he goes on, like, these two or three paragraph asides. And then he goes, never mind all that. Let's go back to what (laughs) we were talking about
0: earlier.
1: Anyways. (laughs) He goes, sorry, I did two or three lines. I'm settling back down. All right, I'm in the mojo. Let's go. And then for some reason in early King, he never cuts those asides out. So you just have, like, paragraphs. Parentheticals that go for like three paragraphs and <laughs> starts referencing things. There's asterisks, and then like the actual font will only be half a page, and then it'll have like a movie title or an opinion where he goes, And it's better than this movie, asterisks. And then the the actual font ends halfway through, and the rest of it is a you know, just like explanations. just a, <laughs> at the very bottom, he goes, Now I'm not saying it's a bad movie, but in 1974 and in 1954. <laughs> And it's, it's parentheticals inside of parentheticals. It's a deep read that's going to take me fucking forever to get through. But um, I read a little bit of it to you yesterday. And because of all the parentheticals, it would take me three pages to explain, you know, kind of what we're going over here. Um, but he talks about very early in this, uh, the ebbs and flows in the horror genre across film, novels, radio shows, stuff like that. Um playing against the ebbs and flows in societal standards or what's happening to a society. So like during the Great Depression, there weren't a lot of people trying to find horror movies, but like right after the Great Depression, we wind up with like Dracula and Frankenstein and like those penultimate fucking horror films. And then there's not a lot of horror during World War Two, But, like, in the 50s and 60s, we see this resurgence. And then there's not a lot sense, during though. Vietnam, but right after Vietnam. I think when
0: you're in the middle of tragedy, you don't want to be, like bogged down by more things well, that make you feel bad
1: yeah and that was his argument is once the society kind of comes out on the other end i'm not summarizing his whole argument i'm 40 pages in he might completely change his mind it's cocaine king <laughs> but like right as the like society jingle it's cocaine it's cocaine king. king i think that probably was his jingle for <laughs> the first 20 years of his career but <laughs> As the society, like, comes out on the back end of this horrific experience, uh, horror is used as a way of purging the consciousness of the country mm-hmm. um, by using, like, these symbols throughout, which we've discussed on here before re- regards to the slasher films and, like, the brilliance of the special effects after Vietnam, being Vietnam veterans who are now making broken up body parts for Wes Craven. You know, And so that jumps it forward 100%. And he opens his book with this. Um, 1957, he's watching some Flying Saucer movie, you know, B movie at a Saturday matinee or whatever. And right as the aliens are about to attack, the house lights come up, the manager comes in and explains that the Russians have launched Sputnik and America's lost the space war. And then the movie comes back on and America is being invaded by these space creatures and he was 10 years old. And he's explaining how impactful of a moment, how that film, this dumb B-rate movie that I've never even heard of, it's like the Earth versus fucking Space Invaders or some (laughs) shit like that from 1957, became like one of his favorite horror films because it happened to him as the world was starting to shift. Now, whew, twenty years after nine <laughs> eleven, we're we're getting movies like Hereditary and Midsommar and like, Parasite that I still have not seen, and a couple, yeah, a couple of movies that are just go fuck yourself horrors back. And I feel like we're right on the edge of the society needing to take this collective breath of Hey, do you remember how goddamn terrifying that was?" I don't know if we're there yet. I think we're close.
0: I worry, too. Just the pandemic. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say I worry, too, because of the pandemic that a lot of stuff's going to kind of fall mm-hmm. behind a bit. Because, um, I mean, a lot of people, I think, are afraid to work in larger groups and stuff, so... I feel like this has really been a good year for documentaries, but
1: oh, Netflix been killing them.
0: But not a lot of because documentaries don't require typically, I think, like as much of a crew, and mm-hmm. it's a little bit more run and gun, um, depending on the production. Um, but yeah, I feel like our movie selection on Netflix and just in general that has been coming out lately has been honestly a bit more poor. Yeah, and I, I wonder if. This is going to set us back, or if we're going to see a new resurgence once people feel comfortable like going back to work and stuff again. But yeah, I'm a little concerned for Hollywood.
1: I think Hollywood's dead as fuck. I think what we're going to see is a resurgence of the indie film at a level that we can't even comprehend right now like five six people operations low budget blair witch style you know that just grab you by the throat and don't let go without all the fancy cgi studios without all the actors and actresses that we know i I, i'd hate to say it but i mean i think rock and roll is dead i think hollywood's over (laughs)
0: and some way that probably honestly wouldn't be the worst thing i mean i don't think hollywood's dead i mean there's always gonna be well, i think marvel it's marvel movies i think hollywood whatever.
1: is silent film and they've <laughs> just created film film
0: <laughs> <laughs> um but i i think in some ways that probably honestly wouldn't be the worst thing because it's i feel like a bit elitist it's kind of mm-hmm. hard to be successful um the way Hollywood was, at least, anyway.
1: And fuck it, they deserve it as a writer. (laughs) (laughs) For all of the little me's, they just squeeze down onto the floor.
0: (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I don't know, maybe um, how fast social media is developing and how Mm -hmm. much the internet has taken over and how fast technology as a whole is developing. I mean, I could literally shoot a movie on the camera that I own and it would look pretty fucking good, Mm -hmm. Um, so... I don't know, maybe yeah, we'll start hearing more diverse voices.
1: Yeah, outside of like the way films are shot like I think we're waiting on the film that really captures the pandemic situation um without being a movie about a parasite. Like something that is able to encapsulate all of the fear and the paranoia and the isolation that is 2020 2021 hopefully not 2022 um the the balls all of that up gives it a name and says all right america (laughs) there's your bad guy and it it it, it becomes this release like his king kind of states it We don't need to worry about the Depression. We just survived the Depression, but now we have this mad scientist, and he's created this, you know, constructed man with a bolt of lightning, and it's the retelling of Frankenstein. And then he also says that these symbols throughout time get beaten to death until Hollywood has drained every last dime out of us. Mm You know, so we start off with... Frankenstein and Dracula, and then by the end of it, they're getting, you know, beat up by the Three Stooges, or Abbott and Costello are in the corner, and it's, you know, like the bride of Frankenstein, and Gene Wilder's there, you know, and we're no longer afraid of the monster. And so we've come full circle collectively, and we're no longer afraid of the Great Depression.
0: Maybe that's the point, though.
1: Yeah, well, that's, if I'm following what he's saying, kind of where he's going.
0: And (laughs) I. I don't know. I I guess if I'm being vulnerable for a minute, I have felt kind of insecure about the content of films that I have available to show as my list of work whenever it comes to applying.
1: Because they're covered in blood. Yeah, (laughs) whenever
0: it comes to applying to things that I feel like might be considered a little bit more conservative, so like a job working for a corporation or applying for university or anything like that, because I'm like, yeah, these aren't really conventional Mm -hmm. films so like there's a part of me that feels a bit insecure about whether or not that's going to have an effect on me but yeah I do think a lot of people that maybe haven't been directly exposed to situations that um I guess we're like personally kind of terrifying or yeah. traumatic or whatever like that. Like The
1: Dolls is about child rape at the end of the day and it, well, so it's like about, if you can't wrap your head around that happens
0: well, then you're going to be put
1: off by the whole film.
0: trauma after the fact. Yes. Yeah. Um, so it's not just about the, child uh, rape. Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, it, it, that's <laughs> not even in the movie but I was just yeah you said it more eloquently than I did.
0: <laughs> yeah it's about coping with trauma after the fact so mm-hmm. of course a trauma has to happen um but, I, yeah, I've felt self-conscious when submitting to stuff like, oh, are they going to look at this and be like, oh, that's not really what we're looking for. But I think a lot of people that, um, which, not to say that people that live privileged lives haven't experienced any trauma, everybody in America experienced 9-11. That mm-hmm. was alive when it happened. Um,
1: which is not so easy to say anymore because the people born around that time are like 20 now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but... I think some people that have had a bit more cushy lives forget that art, whether it's film or, you know, writing Mm -hmm. or painting or whatever, is a lot of the times an expression for dealing with a thing. So
1: it's an odd coping mechanism
0: yeah so then when you have these um even if the person making it isn't personally like struggling in that moment Mm -hmm. if they're just making a thing reflecting on an experience they've had or whatever Stephen
1: king has never been a prom queen (laughs) who got blood dropped on his head nor has he been (laughs) you know telepathic
0: (laughs) but then someone can then later read that and remember feeling bullied in school Mm -hmm. and isolated in school and kind of connect with that character and kind of kills everyone, so I don't know that that's a positive yeah. message, but I mean, like, you know, f- like, feel like they can overcome or whatever, and I don't know, like, I feel like people, like, forget that, and so then artists who do work that's kind of considered a bit more obscure feel isolated themselves Do you think as it well? would be
1: different <laughs> if, like, you've made a bunch of romantic comedies or drama-type pieces, or do you feel like it would still fall on deaf ears, like, people that enjoy film would enjoy that you do anything in film you know what i'm saying do you think it's just the horror genre or if you'd made like a superhero movie people would be (laughs) like dude she made a superhero movie she needs to be our marketing specialist
0: well i mean i think if i had made a superhero movie they'd probably be a little less likely to be like oh there's a lot of blood in these um, but I, I no I feel like it's honestly I think if you want to work in a creative environment which I mean like some universities and stuff mm-hmm. are very open minded I'm not saying
1: that dramas and romantic comedies are any less creative I want to verify clarify that no no but I,
0: <laughs> no, no. Um, but I and there are, there are definitely like companies and corporations and universities and stuff that are very open open minded and let their students or whoever yeah. kind of express themselves so I'm not saying it's true of everyone but no I think a lot of like corporate things kind of just want corporate stuff. So, like, they mm-hmm. want commercials or they want documentaries. And, like, I don't feel like most people that want to work strictly creatively are really embrace. Like, you kind of have to be like, fuck it, I'll go make it myself. Yeah. Because other people don't want you to work for them. Yeah. So it almost becomes that, well, fine, I'll go do it then. <laughs>
1: <clears throat> well, that's... um. And I'm sorry I keep referencing other things, but uh, Chuck Polinex' take a break theory or whatever that video is called, where he's just sitting on his table and he's got his legs crisscrossed and he's talking about writing with the creative writing students. Um, He is talking about you know trying to find the monster of our times and stuff. Like if you made the ring today, it wouldn't be that scary because somebody just walk over with a hammer and smash the video cassette tape. You know, like that. Just hit it with a hammer. And it's dead. <laughs> um, but he talks in there about... Fuck, put me back on the course. I lost myself with the video cassette thing.
0: Oh, I was saying, uh, I feel like a lot of creative people just kind of have to fuck yeah, off and that's make it what themselves. It was. He goes,
1: how many times do we have to watch, you know, the Sisterhood of the Traveling, whatever. Or, you know, how many times do we need to watch the slasher movie where the beautiful blonde gets killed in the first five minutes and the brunette lasts and kills the bad guy. How many times do we have to just watch these tropes, these remakes of remakes of remakes? How many times do you have to pick up a book before you just go, fuck it, I'll write it myself. (laughs) They're not making the book that I want to read. Mm -hmm. So I guess I have to now write the book that I want to read. And that's kind of the point of his little lecture. And what I learned working on this little memoir thing, because it was more or less, I, was missing a book in my life after I lost my dad. Um, And I feel like there's a lot of other men who might be in that same position. So why don't I write the book that I wish I had when I was 25, you know, and it's not going to be perfect. And hopefully it inspires somebody else to write the book that they wish that they would have had when during their traumatic situation. Right. But I don't know how else to get through it. You know, I need to deal with this big box of toys that I don't know what they do anymore, you know, and just really get in there.
0: And I've, um, I've tried to more recently kind of embrace it. Um, I feel like before when I was applying to stuff, like I would purposely not submit certain mm-hmm. things that I had done as like an example, I'd be like, Oh, we're going to be very choosy about what we yeah. submit. Um, and for my letter of intent and also on my website, cause I've been kind of revamping my website as well. Like I, uh, added in the fact that I uh, minored in theater and like
1: mm-hmm.
0: to or studied like courses uh, involving like special effects makeup and stuff like that and like trying to like embrace that it's like yeah this is an art too like yeah. making these weird gooey creepy <laughs> crazy things is still like art yeah. I'm still so. a
1: kid with a ball of play-doh <laughs>
0: <laughs> so yeah I like added that to like my letter of intent and then also my website it's like yeah like mm-hmm. I make movies. I also really enjoy practical effects. You're going to find them both.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to the real world, Jack. Goddamn. I'm proud of you, love.
0: I'm proud of you.
1: You ready to go make some sushi? Oh,
0: has it been an hour already?
1: It's close enough. Cool. Yeah. Fifty minutes.
0: Sushi and crab cakes.
1: Sushi and motherfucking crab cakes. And miso. And miso motherfucking soup. (laughs) Love you, sweetheart. I love you. And I love you guys. We will try to talk to you next week But if not Fuck it We're busy Doing real deal shit